will know that you are my disciples. Love, right? By the way that we love each other, I'll go ahead and give it to you right off the beginning so you don't have to guess, right? I know you're full of turkey and you want to take that nap that you didn't really get the last two days, but it's love. By the way that we love, people will know that you're my disciples. So we should give each other the best that we ever have to give at Christmas, at Christmas time. Every other time for that matter, but at Christmas time especially. It's the time of giving, isn't it? It's the reason why we spend all of our money and all of our time running around buying Christmas gifts for each other. Because we love each other, hopefully. Right? Maybe sometimes it's out of obligation or because it's tradition or whatever the case might be for some people. But it's supposed to be we give gifts because we love. And for the Christian, if we don't give the gift of love, it doesn't matter what else we do, does it? So that's how we're going to take our journey into uh, Christmas time this year. So by this, all men will know that you are my disciples, not just the ones who don't go to church, not just the ones who aren't believers, all men, including our brothers and sisters in Christ will know that you are his disciple. What does it mean to be his disciple? A student of Christ. A person who is studying Jesus so that we can be like him. That's what Christian means. The word. To be a little, a little Christ, little Jesus. We're to be Jesus with skin on. As one of my great preacher friends says. Right? We're to walk around the world and show people who God is by the way that we love. Not by the way that we preach the gospel so much. Not by the way that we point out scripture so much. And not by the way that we do anything else other than love one another. Pretty simple, isn't it? Now, normally, if it was that easy, I would just say let's pray and let's go home. But let's look a little bit further. Not because of any other reason, because we're talking about God, so why should we stop? John 13, verse 1 through 3 says this. All right. He says, if I speak in, in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all, my, all, possess, all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. It's John chapter 13, verse 1 and 3. 1 through 3. What is John saying here? Right, because he's a pretty dramatic guy. He knows how to say things to get our attention, Right? Most of us, we have casual conversation and we do it in our everyday English language where we all understand what we're saying and maybe a little bit of slang thrown in here and there. This is pretty poetic, right? This is pretty dramatic, if you ask me, if you read it in a proper way, and maybe I didn't do so the first time around. But he's, he's pretty much laying it out there and says, hey, I can have everything in the world, but if I don't have love, I don't have anything. Right? He said, I can give it all up. I can have faith that will move mountains, but if I don't have love, I don't have not one thing. So, here's my version, right? 
Now think about it and listen to what I'm about to say. This is my version of what would happen to, what John would say today. If I stayed up all night long shopping on Black Friday and have not love, I have nothing. If I pushed and shoved those around me to get that special item that makes my kids cool in the eyes of the world, yet I have not love, I have nothing. If I spent every dime in my pocket and maxed out every line of credit while checking off every item on my list and still have not love, I have purchased nothing and therefore gained nothing. Y'all get it? Now, before I go any further, don't nobody look up here saying, well, I went Black Friday shopping. What are you trying to say about me? No. <laughs> Not saying you can't go shopping on Black Friday. I'm saying you're still a Christian on Black Friday is what I'm saying. Right? And if you want to go out there and stand in line all night, that's up to you. You want to go out there and do the best you can to get what you want to get for your family? Knock yourself out. Me and Amazon will do it during the day. That's just the way I am. But we cannot go out and participate in the world the way the world participates and share love at the same time. Right? You can't hockey check somebody for a big screen and say you love them. Can you? You can't, you can't do it. But I, but I will say that we should not, we should not take ourselves out of the world because the world isn't doing right. Jesus said to go into the world, make disciples. Somebody needs to be the witness everywhere. Somebody needs to show them the love of God, show each other the love of God. Sometimes y'all need to show me so that I can be reminded. Sometimes I'm going to have to show you so you can be reminded. Yeah? Sometimes we're going to have to tap each other on the shoulder and say, no, that's not who we are. Let's knock that off. And when the world sees us doing that, it's because we love each other. Now we've given the greatest gift we can give. You see where we're going here. Isn't that great? We don't need Amazon. We don't need Walmart. We don't need any of these outlet shops in order to give the greatest gift there is to give. All we need is God, who, by the way, is love. Isn't that great? Now, it's easy to receive this love from God. We just simply need to acknowledge that God is God and that he exists and that he created everything and that we have failed him and that we need a savior and he's provided that savior and by faith we can be saved by that savior if we just repent. Preacher, I thought you said it was going to be easy. <laughs> was a lot. I said a lot there, didn't I? It is really easy. If you really believe what you and I say we believe, the world needs to see us live the way we believe. Amen? So it's not like we have to sit down and think about how do I share this love? What's the process? What's the seven-step list that I know that I've shared my love? Just go out into the world and let the Spirit of God live in your life. And he will tell you what to do. He will lead you. He will show you how to give grace and mercy to people along the way. Here's another one. Because it doesn't, it's not just on Black Friday. Here's another version. This one specifically for the church. If I stay up all night long shopping on Black Friday, that's not the one. 
If you volunteer at the local uh, soup kitchen but have not love, you have nothing. If you work uh, at the rescue mission, homeless shelters, care for the elderly, but have not love, you still have nothing. If you show up at church on Sunday, go to Bible studies and work hard at the church functions, yet have not love, you have not gained anything. It's not really how I said it, but that's the same thing. You see, there's, there's way too many people that go to church and they're not loving anybody. I'm not talking about anybody specific. I'm just saying the way it is. And the reason I'm saying that is because Jesus himself said, there will be many that call on my name and I'll say, get away from me because I never knew you. It means that those people did not experience God's love because they didn't turn to God genuinely and let him save them from themselves and their sins. You see, the gift of love can't be given until it's received. Not true love, not God's love. Right? Now, Human beings, we can love each other. People who are not saved, people who do not acknowledge God as God, people who are maybe might even be atheists, they can love each other, can't they? We, we have ways that we can love one another, but we cannot love people in the way that God loves people. Not with God's love, without God. It can't happen. And when, you, when, when we receive that love then we automatically give that love because it not only fills us up, but it overflows into the lives of people around us. Then it becomes real easy, doesn't it? Right? I've always had this picture in my mind about needing God and everything that he has, and all he's saying is just, I'm pouring it out, just put your cup under there and it'll get filled up. And then when it gets full, just leave it there and let it overflow into somebody else's life. See? There's plenty of God to go around. We're never going to exhaust him. You can never love each other too much. Right? Every time anyone that I know has ever gone on a, any kind of a mission trip to be a blessing to someone else or to share God's love with someone else, every time they come back feeling more love than they ever had before by God. Isn't it great that God is a multitasker? Isn't it awesome that our God can love everybody equally all at the same time without end? Right? We're the, we're the ones that struggle with that at times. So as we continue in this season of Thanksgiving and Christmas, and we begin to sing our Christmas songs, yes, it's time to sing Christmas songs. We start decorating our homes and checking off our to-do lists and our shopping lists and wrapping up gifts and everything that comes with Christmas. If we get so busy celebrating Christmas that we forget to acknowledge Christmas we've missed it we get so busy and caught up in the world's Christmas that we don't show the world Christmas we've missed it haven't we and what I mean is if we don't show the world that Christmas is about Jesus coming in the flesh God in the flesh, just like you and me. That brings so much comfort to my heart. 
Because when I fail or when I'm hurt, when I'm sad or, or something's wrong in my life, because Jesus was a man, I know that he can understand. Right? Because he was one of us. He became one of us. Didn't have to. Right? He lowered himself to become like us. So whatever it is going on in your life, whatever it is that's tormenting you, whatever it is that's taking you to bad places, Jesus knows about that and he understands that. And he's got everything you need for that. And that's the reason why he was born into this world, this little bitty baby, this little baby in a barn. Isn't that great? Everybody loves to see a baby. Even when the babies are ugly, everybody lies. Look at that, oh, they're so cute. There were a lot of people that didn't realize that when that baby was born, it was God in the flesh. There were a lot of people that didn't realize when that baby started growing, becoming a young boy, that he was God in the flesh. A lot of people didn't realize that when he became a man and he began to teach in the synagogue and run around the world healing people and teaching people and rebuking people and doing miracles, that he was God in the flesh. And there's a lot of people today that are out there doing their Christmas shopping and their Christmas celebrations have no idea that Jesus was God in the flesh. So I ask what is Christmas about? There's too many people who are Christians in the churches that are missing that Jesus was God in the flesh. And that's what it's about. Without Christmas, there's no Easter. Without Easter, there's no Christmas. Right? So our Christmas celebration should last until it's time to start celebrating Easter, and then that should last until it's time to start celebrating Christmas. Which means that we should be loving each other all the time. Isn't that great? This is what counts. Faith expressing itself in love. See, a lot of times people argue with us because we, we say that... Uh, to be saved, you should repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins because that's what the scripture says in Acts chapter 2. And that's what a whole bunch of other scripture shows that is done since then. That's what we teach. That's because that's what the Bible says. But we also teach that it's not the baptism, it's not the water that saves you, it's your faith that saves you. You're saved by faith. But the baptism and your obedience to Jesus' instruction is a product of your faith. You say you believe there's got to be some evidence. It's right there in James. Show me your faith without deeds and, you know, faith produces action. So if you're a disciple of Christ, if you're one who's trying to be like Jesus died for you to be, and he's, you're listening to what Jesus taught, and you're studying it and asking God what to do and where to go and how to be, then you're one who your faith is in action. And that action comes in a form of love. Whatever you do. There's countless ways to love somebody. And I may go into a place and love people in a way you might come right behind me and love them in a different way. But if it's God doing the work, then praise him and give him the glory. Isn't that great?
This is why we come to church on Sunday. We don't come to church on Sunday because it saves us. Nobody's going to be saved by coming to church on Sunday morning. We come to church on Sunday because we believe. It's a product of the spirit that lives in us. Our, our faith drives us to want to worship him and be with other people that love him and know him and have faith. And their faith is in action also. Right? And if we're doing that together, it's automatic that love is happening here in the churches around the world. Right? Whenever you meet another believer in the world, it should automatically be some love in the, in the middle of you. Automatic. Right? Because once I meet somebody and they say they believe what I believe about Jesus and they're saved and I'm saved, we both belong to God. So, hey, this is my brother or my sister. So, okay, we're, we're the same. We love each other. I might not know that person for two seconds, but because God loves them, I love them. Because God loves me, he loves me or she loves, whichever. Why? Because we all belong to God. Here's some reality as a side note. Because you belong to God, you don't have the right to not love yourself. Hello? Because you belong to God, because Jesus died to purchase you from your sins, you do not have the right to not love yourself. God forgave you. You should forgive yourself. Right? Because God sees something totally different than you'll ever see about yourself. And that's amazing to me. Because we all know who we are. I know who I am and you know who you are. Right? We can go around the world and we can put, we can present ourselves the way that we do and we can do the best that we can do to be real with God and with ourselves and with the world, but there's always a mask. Isn't there? How are people going to see God if we don't love. So the difference between expressing man's love and God's love is vastly different. It's extremely different, isn't it? Here's, here's the difference. It's easy for me to love all of you because you've already loved me. Right? It's not so easy for me to love a person that doesn't love me, who treats me poorly, who is ugly to me, who wants to harm me, Right? God's love is unconditional. God's love is the love that goes into the hearts of everybody around you. And that doesn't mean we have to be best friends with everybody that hates us. Right? But it does mean that we have to offer grace and forgiveness to everybody. It does mean that we have to have patience and we have to have joy and we have to have uh, uh, faith and faithfulness. All of the fruits of the Spirit have to be alive and well in our lives. And then, because if we go around, if we go in the world and we start picking who we're going to love and choosing who we're not, then we've taken the place of God, haven't we? Because when Jesus, this little baby, came into the world and grew up to be the man, God, who died on the cross, he didn't pick and choose who he was going to die for, did he? He saw the world and he saw it was broken. He saw we were all separated from God because we sinned. And because he loved us, he said, I give my life. I don't know about you, but I'm, I have a hard time loving that much. As much as I want to, I have a hard time with it. 
every day God helps me get better, doesn't he? Every day he'll help you get better at loving people, right? And the great thing is, is when we fail, God loves us so much, he'll forgive us and give us another opportunity. Now, I hope this is uh, an encouraging uh, message this morning for you all. Because in no way do I ever want to, especially at Christmas time, knock some people down and just leave them there. Right? God loves you so much that Jesus was here to die for you. Hello? And when Jesus came into this world as this baby, it was the beginning of the fulfillment of God's promise in your life. You get it? Thousands and thousands of years ago, God had you in his plan. You, individually, and me. God has not forsaken anybody. God, God is such an awesome God that he can, he can receive justice for the sins against him that have been committed against his holiness and yet still offer grace and mercy. That's perfection. You can't get any better than that. You can't have a payment paid and yet wiped away at the same time. Except you're God. Jesus, the perfect man. Perfect little baby. I'm, I'm not going to do it today, but I've seen uh, an illustration in a movie one time. It was, I thought it was pretty powerful. Uh, preacher brought a little baby up in front of everybody. Showed the little baby's little hands, right? Little bitty baby, whatever, goo goo and then whatever the babies do. And he, he brought that little bitty hand up. I mean, you know, baby's hand's about that small. He showed it to the whole church and he says, now, imagine driving a nail through this little baby's hand. Get it? Now, I got, I have a son, right? And as, and as much as sometimes he would aggravate me I'll go around the world for it, right? But I don't know if I could ever let anybody bring harm to him, not even for the world, not even to save the world. Can you imagine that? Little bitty baby, precious baby, growing up for the purpose of being viciously and horribly killed. Because God loves you. Isn't that awesome? So when we go into the world and we want to express this love, this ultimate gift of love, the best way to do it is ask God, help me see the world through your eyes. Help me see people the way you see people. Help me love people regardless of what I think about anybody. Because you know we can only do it through Christ. You know we can only do it through him. Because we'll fail every time if we don't. I mean, that's the reason why we need Jesus, after all. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. There's one problem with this verse. 
The one problem with this verse is people know it too well. People in, this, people in this world have heard it over and over again, and in their mind it's become a bumper sticker for them. And all the meaning has been washed away. So for this, for this verse to be as powerful and true as it is in the lives of ourselves and the world, we need to be living this verse every day. We need to be living as if God loves us so much that Jesus died for us. And whoever believes in him can be saved. Isn't that great? You have the greatest thing ever. And all you have to do is just give it to everybody. Now be aware, not everybody's going to receive it. Not everybody's going to enjoy it. Not everybody's going to want it. Some people love their sin. They don't want to get rid of it. That's between them and God. And I say, the people who don't want to repent... People who don't want God or don't want salvation, they love their sin more than they love God, then we better love them as much as we can now because they're not going to be with us for eternity. Right? Love them now. So John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, and uh, we'll get closer to the end here, says this is how God showed his love among us. So if we're going to do this, we need to see how God did it, right? So he sent his one and only son into the world that we might have uh, lived through him. It's not just so you can be saved and wait at the bus station for your free bus ride to heaven. It's not what it's about. It's so that we can live our lives through Christ. It says this love, not that we, uh, that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice. You understand God loved us first. And he loved us before we were lovable. He loved us when we hated him. I know that's a harsh word, isn't it? Y'all are sitting back, I don't hate God. He never hated God. Well, when we sin, we're choosing something else over God, and that's the same. You don't have to agree with me, but it is. You're either his or you're an enemy of his. It's just the way it is. That's the reason why sin is so uh, urgent to deal with. That's the reason why it took such a horrible death for Jesus to die, because of the horrible offense that we've had uh, committed against God. And, and, and it's hard to look at ourselves as enemies of God. It's, it's difficult to, it's like looking in the mirror when you know that you've done something wrong and you, you're just disgusted with yourself. Right? can't even look at your own self sometimes. But you know what? In order for a person to repent, we have to see what's there. We have to call it what it is. Because if we keep avoiding what it is, one day Jesus will be back and it'll be over and it'll be too late. Y'all get what I'm saying? So it starts here, doesn't it? It starts every day when I get up in the morning, I look in the mirror, and that's where it starts. Because there's no way I'm going to go into this world and be what God wants me to be without being right with him first. Without being right with myself. Get right with God, get right with yourself, and go into the world and let him do the work. So we're, he, he done all of this so that he can live through you. Because in our sins, we're dead. Already dead. But the greatest gift ever is the gift of eternal life. Another word for that is love. Isn't that great? 
Does Satan love you that much, by the way? Did Satan ever love you enough to sacrifice himself for you? Right? Did any of your friends that don't love God ever love you enough to sacrifice that much for you? Because I can tell you right now that Satan will pretend like he's God. And then once you fall and you give in to uh, temptation, he'll leave you like a bad habit and he'll go tell God on you. That's what he does. And he'll say to God, that person don't love you, look at him. They've already turned their back on you. They're over there doing stuff you told them not to do. That's, that's who the enemy is. But God, God's always been faithful. He's never left you. He's always been who he is. He's always been by your side. He's always, he's always taken you with you, with him. He's always carried you through. He's never left you behind. And as I pointed out in Sunday school, not, nobody in this room is so special that God would fail that one person to make himself a liar. So look at your neighbor and tell them God loves you, no matter what. Look at your neighbor and tell them that God loves you. There you go. Somebody did it. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another, right? This is 1 John chapter 4. This is the rest of 1 John chapter 4 that we're doing. Dear friends, since God so loved us, right? Dear brothers and sisters, since God loves us, we also ought to love one another. This is where it gets tricky. Yeah, this work is tricky. Is it possible for someone to really receive God's love and then keep it to themselves? What do you think? No? Because if you, if, you, if, you, if you try to receive God's love and you don't share it with anybody else, have you really received it? And there, what I'm really saying is, are you really saved? Right? Because selfishness is kind of a sin, right? No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, what? God lives in us. And his, no one has ever seen God, but yet God is seen all around the world through those who love each other in God's love. Talking about the church now. Talking about the believers, how we love one another. Closing up with this. Love is not cheap. It'll cost you something. It'll stretch you. It might burn you. It will cost some pride or some dignity. It might even cost you your image, whatever that might be. Who you are, who you think you are, right? Love hurts sometimes, doesn't it? See, love sometimes we get burned or we get hurt or we get bad things happen because we love each other. And when someone offends you, it's because... You get offended because you cared for that person and you didn't think that that person would do whatever it is that person might have done. And then now you're hurt. But if we don't care about each other, then it doesn't matter, does it? Love is going to cost you something. Receiving God's love costs you everything. Because God is saying, in order to be saved, you have to, you have to let yourself go. Right? You die to your sin die to yourself and you're alive in Christ you lose everything here it is the closing statement there was a time when a baby was born of a virgin there in a barn he lay in the feeding trough wise men nobles and kings would honor him yes this little baby was God's greatest gift and he was given as a gift to you and me so as we begin to decorate our Christmas trees and our homes and our church and whatever else happens I'm going to go do our Christmas shopping. 
always have in the front of your minds and the tops of your hearts the greatest gift. God's gift of love, the death of his baby boy, so you and I would have eternal life. Isn't, isn't, isn't God amazing? Isn't he awesome? Isn't he something to shout about? Isn't he something to be grateful for? Right? Turkey, pumpkin pie, two greatest things on Thanksgiving. Once Thanksgiving's over, I don't usually eat pumpkin pie. Not because I don't want to, I just don't think about it. Every time I turn around, God's love is there. Every t- if, if, even if I try to run away from God, it chases me down. He's not going to let you get away. He doesn't just stand by and let you be who you want to be. He will hound you because he loves you, because he knows what's best for you. Right? If you don't know the Lord, if you don't understand, if, you don't, if you've never met him in that way, please come and talk to me. I've already said how to be saved. Repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. But only do that if you believe that it's true, right? Because otherwise you're just taking a bath and we've got to clean the baptistry after that. Right? We're here to get people to know God, aren't we? Whatever we do here, we ought to be doing at home. We ought to be doing so our friends and neighbors can know God. Let's stand together and we're going to sing. Ready to sing?